0: I found out yesterday that Teddy Bluger is the third best player in the National Hockey League at one particular thing. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. An extraordinary study produced by the INSTAT agency came up with a statistic called Puck Battle Win Percentage. It's based only on even strength play. You had to have at least 500 even strength minutes to qualify, and it was aimed at coming up with, who are the very best? best in the game at winning a basic puck battle. Now, I can't even begin to envision the intricacies that go into this and the amount of time and what constitutes a true 50-50 battle versus just outracing someone to the boards, uh, knocking the stick out of their hands. Do you have to outmuscle them? I don't know that, but I know when somebody put a ton of time into a process when I see it. And I'm going to read to you the top 10 forwards. This is just forwards, by the way. Defensemen really should win puck battles. Like, if you're going overall, the top 50 names should be defensemen. Let's make that much clearer. Top 10. William Carlson, Wild Bill, from the Vegas Golden Knights, won 54.1% of his puck battles. Number nine was Radek Foxa of the Stars. Eight, this won't surprise you at all, Patrice Bergeron. Why? Because Patrice Bergeron is great at only everything. Seven is another Vegas guy Alex took, who, in addition to being big and being able to fly like the wind also wins puck battles. Number six, definitely won't surprise you, it's Sidney Crosby, 54.9%. You know how Sid, and I've talked to you about this before, can get a little bit irritated whenever you describe him as a grinder, an elite grinder, maybe the best grinder in hockey history, and he doesn't like that. It just sounds like too line ish I guess, for him. Well, Sid, deal with the truth, man. You're really, really good at this. Number five is Sean Monaghan from the Flames. Number four is Alexander Barkov from the Panthers. And you love to see the bigger stars showing up on this list, like Sasha Barkov. Three is our man Teddy at 55.9%. Teddy is like a wizard at this stuff. And here he is, saddled between Barkov and number two, Austin Matthews. Also impressive. Matthews is known uh, almost universally, you would think, for his ridiculous release. Forehand, backhand, long range, short range. He does everything to score goals. Dude scored four in his very first NHL game. But here he is winning puck battles. Don't really think of him that way. Number one is Ryan Getzlaff from the Ducks. And although Getzlaff is really getting up there, and each year might be his last at this point, Getzlaff is a scary, scary man. I have no doubt that Getzlaff wins a lot of his puck battles just by reporting for duty, uh, the old Marc Messier method, for making sure that you're the one who comes away with possession. My point here in raising all of this, is that there's something really valuable to this information, not just for us and our entertainment purposes, but for the people who make difficult personnel decisions, like a few that the Penguins themselves made this summer. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. One dollar is all it takes to produce five meals. So do the math on that, on your donation. If it's $100, that's 500 meals prepared and delivered to those who need them. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how you can make that difference. Remember around the time of the Seattle expansion draft and all the fussing we were doing, you were doing it too, I was definitely doing it, for who the Penguins should protect, not protect. And I, I'm here to tell you, because I'll take my L's in any given situation when they're verified, I was in favor of... Cutting Teddy loose. And this is the day after, by the way, running into Teddy on Federal Street outside PNC Park and saying hello to him and wishing him well. And I came on here with you and said, cut Teddy. That's just the business, though. But I've also said to you many times on this program, and I've written it countless times over the years, that this head coach puts a premium on puck possession. Mike Sullivan considers toughness to be something that you display in exactly this setting. That is why he loves Dominic Simone and why nobody should be surprised that Dom is back. Sullivan describes Dom as really, really strong. Now, you look at Dom and you don't think that he's not overly big. You don't see him hitting people. That's not what they're gauging here. They're gauging what did this player do to help us either gain or sustain possession. Because we believe in our skill guys to the degree that if we own the puck more than the other team does, we have the people to take care of it and put it in the other team's net. That's been how he's operated super consistently since the day he arrived. And Teddy fits that. Other players fit that. I mentioned Dom. How about Zach Aston-Reese? Zach Aston-Reese's advanced analytics, he doesn't show up on this list, which only goes 20 deep. There's no other Penguins, by the way, that are visible here. But ZAR has, through the roof, shot suppression statistics. Meaning, when the other team comes into the Penguins' zone and he's on the rink, they don't generate shot attempts on the Pittsburgh goal. Who's tracking that? Well, there are people paid to do that. Some of them are independent, like the one I'm citing, but every team has their own now. The Penguins have their own And this offseason alone, they've added to that department. They're trying to stack up as much information as they can while also working with the head coach's philosophy. When the head coach wants information on his team, when the GM wants information on his team for major decisions, like the expansion draft, you'd better believe this is the sort of thing... They're consulting. Now, I'm not necessarily backtracking here on the whole expansion draft thing. I didn't like the way it was conducted, so don't interpret this that way. There's no reason for the Penguins to have lost two guys in an expansion draft where you were required to lose only one, and I'm referring, of course, to both Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev. Still makes no sense. But I now have additional information, data, that supports why they chose to keep Teddy. And with how hard that young man works, and it has to be seen to be believed, I have every faith that he'll continue to reward that. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And this segment is always brought to you on this program by FuboTV. The monthly cost of cable is over $200. FuboTV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, FuboTV is offering our listeners of this program a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com. com slash DK. 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month of a really good service. Heard from a lot of you, actually, by the way, who have done this and been happy that they did. FuboTV.com slash DK. The J1Q comes from Tad Lehman, who says, I listen to Penn's Daily Shot every day. Thanks, Tad. In hindsight, is 2020, but I have to ask, if the Penguins have known about Sid's risky wrist for some time, doesn't that make the call to jettison Jaron McCann all the more confounding? Talk about a nice person to have had in the mix for 2C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem with that general line of thinking, Tad, and, and I get it, I understand it, is that you're dealing with hypotheticals and changing circumstances. The Penguins didn't need to lose Jared McCann for a whole bunch of reasons, okay? Jared McCann should still be here. A couple of the guys the Penguins lost this year should still be here and were lost for no reason. I would stick with that, speaking only for myself here, as a point of criticism, as opposed to, well, now look at Sid's wrist hurt. I've seen, heard, and read a lot of reaction to Sid's injury accompanied by questioning the Penguins' decision or Sid's decision or the medical staff's decision to have the surgery now as opposed to Obviously, three, four months ago when it wouldn't have been an issue that would have affected the hockey team. The problem with that is this, and those of you who've had medical issues that have required surgery for physical reasons, as opposed to ailments, can attest to this. Doctors always, always, always want you to avoid surgery. Surgery in and of itself poses risks. Surgery comes with uncertainty related to the specific body part that they're attempting to address. If that sounds a little scary or whatever, so be it. They'll tell you, the doctors will, that natural healing is the best surgeon in most cases especially in areas that are uh, really complex, like the back, uh, the spine, and certain body parts that might surprise you, like the shoulder. There's so, so, so many moving pieces and parts. The wrist happens to be one of those. It's not something that you hear a whole lot about as a hockey fan, but you do when it comes to baseball. And since I've been covering the Pirates as long as I've been covering the Penguins, Wrists have a lot of different issues. There's a lot of ligaments in there. There are a lot of, to use this term again, moving parts. And it's not always clear what's causing a pain or a discomfort, whether it's swelling, whether it's temporary, whether it's something more significant, whether it's actually triggered by another part of the arm or something in the hand And, you know, look at who you're talking about here. It's Sidney Crosby. You're not going to be inclined to say, hey, Sid, how about if we just cut that thing up and see how it works or how it's not working? (laughs) You know, I don't mean to make light of it, but that's that's basically what you'd be doing. And you can't do that. You've got to have a really, really full knowledge, or at least as much as is possible, of what's going on in there and what's going wrong in there. And then you've got to be really certain how you're going to address it, why you're going to address it, what the risks are, what the recovery period is. And I don't blame anyone, particularly Sid, for saying, look, it was kind of a rough year. Uh, We saw him. You saw him doing the thing where he would take his glove off repeatedly during last season and shake the hand and flex the wrist out. This wasn't some secret. This wasn't something the Penguins were holding back from anybody. We all saw it. We all talked about it. We all worried about it. But he's more than within his rights at the end of the season to say, hey, I'm just going to you know, not do anything really for a while this summer and see how it goes. Maybe rest and maybe uh, a period away from the rink will allow it to heal some. It didn't. He got frustrated by it. I'm presuming here based on the result, but ride it. And he said, I, I, I just, I got to get this thing fixed. I, I've had enough. I, I want to see what a season is going to be like if I go into it with this thing 100% healthy. For those of you who are regular listeners to this show, you might recall that a couple weeks ago I invested an entire episode in wanting to see Sid shoot the puck more, and I went through some statistics that showed that there was a drop-off in that regard. I didn't bring up the wrist in that show for the simple reason that he hadn't had it surgically addressed, he hadn't had it medically addressed as far as I knew. But maybe, maybe there's some kind of connection there. And maybe this will all work out for the best, regardless of what time of year. I appreciate the question, Tad. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Today and and all week long and really all off-season long, don't forget that September 18 marks the start of development camp in Cranberry, We will have actual hockey taking place before our eyes and to discuss right here on the program. Let's do it again Monday.